Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Zone. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed some of that sunshine yesterday around the state of Wisconsin because a lot of it's going away today. Good morning, everyone. Farm Director Pam Youngke along with you on a Wednesday. Yeah, I'm afraid we've got more clouds moving back in. 90% chance of showers today. 50 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 65. Friday, thunderstorms and 58. Saturday for the Grilled Cheese Championship out in Dodgeville. We'll have about a 20% chance of showers, partly sunny skies, high on Saturday, 76 degrees. Stumach's got more details on weather coming your way. Details that I've got for you this morning, the Farm and Industry Short Course announcement that was made a couple weeks back, not sitting well well with some of our biggest farm organizations, Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation met with Fisk leadership on Good Friday to try to map out an agenda on how they can assist in transitioning that program and rebuilding that program. Talking with Kevin Krentz from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation about that this morning. Steffes Group is conducting the Clarence Pronchinski and Sons, Inc. Dairy Cal Retirement Auction in Arcadia, Wisconsin. This timed online auction closes Tuesday, April 26th at 1 p.m., featuring approximately 1,400 head of Holstein dairy cattle. This is a closed herd with good health, breeding, and management. Go to steffesgroup.com for photos and complete descriptions for the Clarence Pronchinski and Sons Dairy Cattle Auction in Arcadia, Wisconsin, closing Tuesday, April 26th at 1 p.m. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Solar panels, wind turbines, manure digesters, all renewable energy sources we see in rural Wisconsin and on agricultural land. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Sometimes renewables can be hard to embrace, but others welcome it with open arms. Jill Welke speaks with a gentleman in her neck of the woods who has been in renewable energy for years. Yes, I did. Stephanie, I had the chance to visit with Matt Gabler. He's an Eau Claire County farmer down here by Augusta, and he started out 20 years ago, and he started out with a solar pump, and he's moved on from investing in ethanol plants to a wind turbine, and finally he is to an electric car. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. We're going to hear about Matt Gabler and his journey through renewable energy. Started about the year 2000, 2001. My next door neighbor was looking to sell off a parcel of his land to remodel his house. Being that it adjoined my land, it made sense to consider it. About half, probably a little over half of the property was actually lowland, grassy, kind of swampy wetland that had been pastured at one time. Started thinking about how I can use this as a pasture. The downside was that it was nowhere near electricity. So having a way to supply water to the cattle, I started thinking about, well, do I really want to go down there every day in the summer with a gallon of gasoline and run a gasoline pump to drive a a water pump? And came up with the idea, I wonder if there's a, a solar water pump out there that would work. And so searching on the internet, I discovered a couple different companies, did some research, and found uh, that for, I guess it cost me, the whole thing cost me about $1,000 at that time. It was uh, 
product called a solar slow pump, they called it. Well, this is about 30 acres, and it, it can pasture about 15 to 20 animals a year. So I kind of did the arithmetic and talked to some people at the company. With a 500-gallon tank, this solar water pump supplies the water without any battery backup for those animals, and it's been working for 20 years, so it proved that it does work. But that's what kind of got me on the whole renewable energy area of interest. So renewable energy started out of the need to pump some water, but you've gone even farther and you've done some more steps. Well, the next step in the journey was in 2005 up at Boyceville, the Western Wisconsin Renewable Energy Co-op was formed where interested farmers could buy shares in this new co-op. And the idea was you'd supply a bushel of corn for every share that you purchased in the co-op. That way you could either make money on ethanol or make money on corn, depending on which market was higher. And then you also, as long as the, the ethanol plant was successful, you'd be getting dividends from them too. Part of the charter when they built that co-op was that after five years when the original construction loan came due, the board would have to decide whether they would want to, on behalf of the co-op, uh, renew that loan or entertain offers to buy the co-op. Seems the whole purpose of the thing was to generate demand for corn. It wasn't so much about who owned what. So it, it ended up being that another large ethanol co-op of farmers down in Illinois and Iowa made them an offer they couldn't refuse. By 2010, they had decided to sell that co-op, and I, after initially investing, I think it was $25,000, I suddenly had $125,000, which was the easiest money I ever made in my life, and probably ever will. But anyway, it was okay. Do I just do the normal thing and, and take that money and, and buy something or put it in savings? At the same time, it just so happened that I was exiting the dairy business, and I made the decision to just convert to, to cash crop. Me and my wife had taken uh, a trip after we sold our cows, a trip to Germany. And on that trip, we couldn't help but notice how throughout Germany, the landscape was filled with wind turbines and solar panels on roofs. But we came home and my wife said, you know, every time we try to eat outside on, on the lawn or anything, it's windy, we can't <laughs> hold our plates. We know from living here 20 years, there's a constant wind at our place. Why don't you put up a winter? <laughs> I actually started to investigate a little bit and contacted a few uh, installers and got the lowdown. On At the same time, we had just experienced the so-called Great Recession. And part of the uh, stimulus money that uh, Congress appropriated had to do with uh, incentives for renewable energy. So I, I started looking into a wind turbine. At that time, it was a 30% tax credit you got from the government. Focus on Energy had like $5,000 at that time. There was some grant money available through the USDA as part of that stimulus package. I applied for it, did not get it the first year. Was disappointed, but turned my, my uh, gaze to solar. In 2011, invested in two uh, solar arrays for my house. Come the next year, the installer contacted me a few months down the road, said, are you still interested? I said, well, I'm still interested, but the, the money has to work. Still interested in the wind turbine. Still interested in the wind turbine. Realizing, you know, you do a renewable energy project, whether it's solar or wind, the payback is going to be a number of years. It's not immediate. It's a long-term project. And by long-term, it depends on how, how the sun shines in your locale, how the wind blows. So for me, it's probably a, 20, a good 20, 25-year project. Even renewable energy, 
you don't care how long it takes to pay back. That's completely legitimate. Later in the year, I was notified by USDA. The person that was ahead of me had either dropped out or been disqualified. Do you ever have any extra that you're able to sell back or get a refund? Yes, that's a really good question. Now, when I built it to get in on all the grants and, and stuff from uh, Focus on Energy or, or the USDA for Dairyland Co-op, you have to agree that you're not doing this to try to make money. You're doing it to supply energy for your use. But to get on what they call net metering, which means when you're using uh, energy off the grid, you pay the, your normal rate per kilowatt hour. If you're generating electricity that you're not using, instead of having to worry about having batteries to charge to make use of the energy you're, you're generating, it'll go back on the grid and the meter will read on a separate meter how much is going on the grid. So they pay me the same amount per kilowatt hour that they charge me. At times, especially when I'm not using that much electricity in the summertime, I'm actually getting credit on my bill. I use that up in other parts of the year when I'm, for example, using air dryers on my grain bin to dry corn. You're making power for yourself, and even when there's extra, they're not paying you for it, but you're getting a credit for it so you don't have to pay out to keep the lights on in the house. Absolutely. And I've been asked by them a couple times when I've gotten a couple hundred dollars credit, do you want, they were willing to write me a check. But I said, no, I, I'll be using it. Don't worry. <laughs> the fall is coming. It'll be gone. When the electricity goes off, do I still have electricity? No, because I don't have battery backup. You need a source of electricity to charge your uh, control panel for the whole system to work. Electric current flows kind of like water does. <laughs> water will go to its lowest point where all elect electrons, the electricity flow to where the demand is. So it flows to me if I am needing it. If they're not supplying enough for my usage, the grid supplies the rest. If I'm generating electricity and not using it, it goes right on the grid and other people are using it. So it's not wasted. So how many things do you power with your wind turbine? Right now it runs silon loaders, uh, some lights in the barn when I'm using it, the water heaters in the wintertime, the elements that keep the water heaters from freezing. The biggest use is when I'm drying corn with my fans on the grain bin. That, uh, you know, they, there's two five-horse motors there, and if, if it's dry weather, I can run those 24 hours a day for up to two weeks at a time straight. So that, that's quite a bit of power usage. It's sized to my normal usage. If I would have still been milking cows, I certainly could have had a lot bigger unit. So in comparison, you have a 10-kilowatt system. Think of it generating 10 kilowatts in an hour. The industrial ones you see along the interstate are megawatts, millions of watts. My system is a standalone tower, so my wind turbine needs about 5-mile-an-hour wind to make it turn. One of the reasons wind turbines go up so high in the air is because the higher in the air you go, the more consistent and stronger the wind is. My uh, tower is 140 feet in the air, so my wind turbine has three blades that are 11 feet long. You know, 20, 20 to 30 miles an hour, my wind turbine turns as fast as the wind will blow it. So... And does my wind turbine make any noise? The generator does not make any noise at all. But when the wind is blowing that strong, you will hear the blades cutting through the, the wind. It'll make a whoosh. There's a hydraulic ram from the base of the generator to the tail. So when it gets to 30 miles an hour as a safety precaution to protect itself, it'll pull that tail off to the side a bit 
so it pulls the head out of the direct wind. What is your next step on your renewable energy journey? I completed my next step. It's as far as I planned to go. I bought myself a full electric car, no combustion engine whatsoever. Get the biggest battery. It just has a 160-mile range, but I've always just charged it in our garage. Renewable energy works. It's been a long 20-year journey for me, but would I do that again? Yeah. And that was Matt Gabler down here by Augusta. And this is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. Wisconsin Farm Bureau helps our organization advocate for agriculture by putting us at the table with the right individuals. I've heard a lot of times that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu when it comes to ag policy. We need people to help us make the right connections, get in front of the right people and policymakers that are affecting decisions that impact agriculture. WFBF.com. You should look them up. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Looking for extra cash? Did you witness a crime? Or maybe you have information about ongoing criminal activity in the Madison area. We give cash for clues. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent and solve crimes in our community by working with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners. So how does it work? When you share information with Crime Stoppers, a confidential code will be generated to protect your identity. If your tip results in an arrest and filing of criminal charges or the apprehension of a fugitive, you'll receive a cash reward. Keep your tip ID and password so you can check the status of your tip. Once the arrest or apprehension is confirmed, arrangements will be made for you to collect your reward anonymously. Your confidentiality is important to us. Any individual who contacts Crime Stoppers will always remain anonymous. Call 608-266-6014 or go to p3tips.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers, your safety is always our priority. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, time for a Compere Financial Ag Weather Update as we get rolling our way on a Wednesday morning. And time to catch up with Stumach, our ag meteorologist this morning. Tell you, uh, yesterday was a nice little shot in the arm. Sunshine, nothing too dramatic as far as winds. A good day. Now it looks like we've got more rain in the forecast. There's this, that. There's going to be some rain trying to build on in here. But as we look out ahead a bit, I think those temperatures start to respond. In fact, it uh, could be back to normal or a bit above already tomorrow and maybe even quite a bit warmer as we head towards Saturday. But the pattern does get a little more active. And it starts out this morning with low pressure out in South Dakota. The radar indicating some rainfall South Dakota, just building into western Minnesota. There is a little snow off in that northeast tip of Minnesota and down into northern Wisconsin. Some sprinkles northern part of the Fox Valley this morning. Don't be too concerned by that. It's not going to be a rainy day, no doubt about that. But there will be some more clouds and rain will develop. 
First in western Wisconsin, more, more likely uh, earlier in the afternoon, late afternoon for Madison, Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac to Oshkosh. That's when some rain showers develop. There could even be a rumble of thunder. I wouldn't expect severe weather, but a thunder boomer could be out there. That's about the worst of it. That would happen already late today or on into the nighttime. It should end already by Thursday. Rain amounts today and tonight, quarter and a half inch, a good soaker. Certainly going to add to the moisture table we're building up. We dry it out and expect that more mild air. In fact, above normal temperatures are likely as we make our way on through Thursday with the sunshine. But the next low builds in from the west. Another system, again, that uh, moves on toward, oh, say, about Kansas or maybe Nebraska coming that far north. And that brings around some rain chance already quite late Thursday night into the day Friday and Friday night. Showers could be thunderstorms again. Quarter to half inch amounts of rain, what I expect around that time. But that moisture kind of lingers then doesn't really clear out. We warm it up a whole lot more for Saturday. I'd expect a lot of 70s in Wisconsin Saturday. Sounds great. But that chance of rain then lingering, scattered showers, not a real rain out, but some occasional showers. And that will tend to bring those temps down a little bit back into the 60s Sunday and the 50s. When we head into early next week, that's back to cooler than normal again. So get ready to enjoy a day or two here and there where things really warm up. A little rain shower activity for tonight. Hopefully we get some work done outside to take advantage of what's going to happen before that rain moves in here during the day. I'll have forecast details right after this. Wisconsin Farm Bureau helps our organization advocate for agriculture by putting us at the table with the right individuals. I've heard a lot of times that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu when it comes to ag policy. We need people to help us make the right connections, get in front of the right people and policymakers that are affecting decisions that impact agriculture. WFBF.com. You should look them up. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. All right, you got me excited about what we can get done today, at least until the rain shows up. What kind of time frame you're looking at, Stu? No, like I said, probably midday or a little later in the western parts of the state, uh, late afternoon, evening in the east. Of course, our Compure Financial Ag Weather update does call for a cloudy, breezy, almost windy day. Temps right around 50, low 50s in the west, a little cooler east. And the south winds will increase today, 10 to 20. Could gust at 35 or maybe even 40. Cloudy showers could be a thunderstorm in the night, ending before daybreak. We drop back down right around 40, some upper 30s or low 40s. South winds become west, 10 to 20, still gusting near 30. And then there's that beautiful Thursday, mostly sunny skies in the 60s. Mid-60s are better. Lacrosse and Madison a little cooler elsewhere. West winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. And then Friday, that chance of showers could be a thunderstorm again toward late in the day Friday, mostly cloudy. We'll call it mid-50s for highs. East winds about 5 to 15, not hard to take by Saturday, Pam. That's the day we could see 70s almost all across southern Wisconsin. Excellent. Just so long as we don't go backwards, you know, no more snow from this point forward, that kind of thing? Oh, 
okay. Oh, it stopped. Oh, it stopped. <laughs> as, we, as we drop down toward the low 50s for highs, but as we head into next week, things could change. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. Have a good day. Enjoy this one. All right. You too. Stu Makar, Ag Meteorologist with the weather details. Today, we want to hear them, huh? And it's all brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. We've got more food news coming your way. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Because of you, someone will feel more at home in their new home. Because of you, living with memory loss is a little less scary. Because you put the Bright Star in senior living. Bright Star is looking for caregivers and resident assistants. Bright Star believes in providing the highest quality assisted living and memory care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Some spaces become a catch-all for everything you want to keep in storage. Make use of that wasted space now. What about the basement? Rec rooms, an office, extra bedrooms for growing teenagers are all popular uses for an upgraded basement. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. Wouldn't it be nice to celebrate spring behind the wheel of a new car? Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison wants to make that happen for you with our Bloom and Zoom promotion. On Saturday evening, April 30th, we're giving away $55,000 in cash and prizes. Two winners will be chosen every half hour from 4 until 8.30 with each taking home a $1,000 cash prize. Then at 9... One grand prize winner will receive a $35,000 vehicle certificate. Celebrate spring at... Ho-Chunk Gaming Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, where we've removed the barriers between you and your money. We've made every ATM your ATM with unlimited refunds on surcharge fees. With our mobile app, deposit your checks and pay your bills. Simplify savings with smart automation. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you're shopping around for a pre-owned vehicle, you know what you want. A shiny, fun-to-drive ride that won't let you down. But how do you know if it's reliable? A Wisconsin State Inspection is 60 points, which means checking 60 things. Most dealerships follow that playbook. Bergstrom Automotive isn't exactly what you would call most dealerships. Bergstrom performs a 172-point inspection on all pre-owned vehicles before they're even chosen to be on the lot. 172. That's 112 more areas where the vehicle needs an exam. With that much attention, you know they're looking at parts and pieces you probably didn't even know exist. Do the math. A 60-point inspection or 172. And all to make sure you're safe, confident, and happy with your pre-owned purchase. Choose from over 1,500 elaborately inspected pre-owned vehicles at Bergstrom Automotive. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the all-in-the-family move. 
Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Let's ride bikes. 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 Nothing says summer in Madison like a family bike ride. I'm Andy Q, owner of the Bike Mobile. I have four kids and a garage full of bikes, so I get it. That's why I make it easy by fixing all your bikes on the same day in your driveway. The Bike Mobile is a mobile bicycle repair van that comes to you at home or at work. Book your appointment today at thebikemobile.com and let's ride bikes. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Who do you got on your uh, draft board, Rowdy, that you want so to talk about? I went through, like, roughly half of the positions last weekend and was looking at players and who would I like the Green Bay Packers to draft? Now, I went through this for every single position. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say this straight up. I do not want the Green Bay Packers to draft a quarterback unless they trade up to they, get one. Yeah, unless they trade up <laughs> to get one in the first round. No, unless they move on from Jordan Love. Because, yeah, there's been those rumors, what, to the to the Colts, where the Colts filled their quarterback position. Yeah. Oh, to the Redskins or the football team. What are they now? Commanders. Can't even keep them straight. Oh, but that's just a rumor. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless they move on from Jordan Love, I'm not actively saying we need to draft the quarterback Question, at all. Do you think they trade Jordan Love? I actually don't know. I think it's a 50-50 toss-up. <sighs> if it's me, if I'm the general manager, I'm trading him. Yeah. Because I think I have three years left of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And Jordan Love, listen, Jordan Love ain't in it either, in my opinion. All right, could you imagine if they did trade him? Like real quick, if they did trade him and got like a second round pick, you now you'd have six picks in the top 100. Okay. So yeah, that'd be pretty wild. But then Jordan Love goes down as the worst draft. They'll be the worst draft pick ever for Brian Gutekunst for his whole career. Uh, it depends on what he does. I think right now, probably his worst pick is Josh Jackson. I mean, what are they, what are they, uh, this is, I mean, we don't need to rehab. We'll save the Jordan Love conversation if it happens. But yeah, looking at the quarterbacks when you that are coming out in this year's NFL draft, you have Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, obviously Desmond Ritter, and Matt Corral. Those are by far your top four quarterbacks. Those are all guys that are going to go probably in the first round, if not the very early second round. The Packers aren't going to be in on any of those guys. So that's that's just not even realistic whether they move on from Jordan love or not. None of those guys are in play. So I started looking more or less to guys that had some upside that maybe if you move on from love, you take a chance and maybe you develop them for three or four years from now. And the quarterbacks that I kind of fell on were 
Sam Howell out of North Carolina. The reason why I liked Sam Howell was he's a kid with a big arm, raw talent. Now, he didn't necessarily play with a ton of talent around him at North Carolina, and he also tended to kind of play down to his competition. Turnovers were kind of an issue there. But he currently has, like, late second, early third I round see his, grades. his pro comp here at NFL.com is a, modern, a modernized Drew Brees. Those comps are always a little bit yeah. ridiculous. What was Jordan Love comp that? Was it Blake Bortles? No, it was Patrick or, Mahomes. Or was it? I thought there was a yeah. Bortles one before. It was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that's funny. But Sam Howell would be a guy. What I don't universe? think they really go after him. I think that's probably too high of a draft projection for being a late second, early third round pick for them to really spend that type of draft capital on, especially when you have Rodgers and you have the type of team you currently do and you need more depth and, and you need to fill in other positions. Another guy I looked at was actually Carson Strong out of Nevada. Another kid with a big arm, but one of his big bugaboos was not being able to stay healthy. Yeah. Like he's had a lot of uh, lower body injuries where who knows exactly how well he can move through the pocket. Who knows how athletic he's going to be because of all those injuries and surgeries, but he does have a big arm and can sling it all over. His draft grades currently are uh, late fourth, early fifth round. And then we get into to the two... Uh, to the two we were talking about with Ben. It's Bailey Zappi, who, like I said, good deep ball. Good name, but he, too. But he's, he's making a huge step up. It, yeah. It's going from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky to the NFL. He's definitely going to be a project that you're going to have to have sit on the bench for two, three years minimum. Yeah. And is he athletic enough? Currently, his draft grade is in the fifth round. And then the other one that I actually wouldn't mind just for having like a backup quarterback, a low floor. It was Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn currently projected in the fifth or sixth round. And again, that's just going to be a guy that comes in. He's going to, he's going to be accurate. He's going to make the throws that you ask him to make. He's more of a a West coast offense. Like you saw him with the Badgers. He's not going to throw the ball 60 yards downfield, but he did show that he could throw the ball better at Notre Dame than what he did at Wisconsin. Those would be my four. Howell, Strong, Zappy, and Cone, and that's anywhere from like third round to sixth round. I don't think the Packers are going to spend really, even if they move on from Love. There's no reason for them to spend the type of draft capital to go get a good one. Any quarterback does that mean? The only way I think they they will ever draft a quarterback is if they truly did move on from Love and they thought a guy they could turn into a project into something. It was actually there. What a what a, like, what a strange career in the NFL for Jordan Love. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, helping people understand where their food comes from, how it's produced, it's what all farmers really love to do. But how do you really teach people? Sometimes it's about hands-on learning. Sometimes it's about bringing them into your world. Today on our Checkoff Chat, talking about a recent farm-to-fork tour involving registered dietitians from across the state, helping them understand where food comes from and how it's produced. Kind of an important part of the conversation if you want them to help guide people when it comes to dietary guidelines. Stick around. Really nice conversation with Nicole Weeks from Hunger Task Force in Milwaukee about that. It's coming up. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. Today, it looks like we are in for rain. 90% chance of rain across the state. 50 are expected high today. So today is the 20th day of April. On this day in 2010, the Deepwater Horizon oil rig 
explodes. Remember that? It was operated by British Petroleum, killed 11 workers, led to the largest accidental marine oil spill in history. Happened on this day, 2010. On this day, 1995, 15 students and teachers died in the Columbine High School massacre. 24 victims were injured. Two teenagers opened fire on students and teachers in a high school just south of Denver on this day back in 1995. On a little brighter note, happy birthday to Carmen Electra. She's 50 years young. Jessica Lang, 73. And Sulu, George Taki from uh, Star Trek. He turns 85. And now you know. It is a Wednesday, and that means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Group, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. And I'll tell you what, you've been hearing the message about the Steffes Group and how they can conduct an auction online, in person. They help you through every step of the way, and we're seeing more and more auctions conducted by the Steffes Group popping up in Wisconsin. In fact, one going on right today in Buffalo County. Joining us again this morning, our friend Ashley Hewn. Talk to me a little bit about what's been going on uh, in that Arcadia area, in uh, the Buffalo County area. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the activity you've been seeing there, Ashley. Sounds like a lot of people interested in today's land sale. Yeah, it is. So we're going to start here at 11 a.m. to start selling um, the farm out here, the real estate. Uh, last week, Thursday, we had our open house, just had a ton of, ton of people come through. Uh, people are registering as we speak. So I just want to remind everybody, if you're going to be trying to bid online on this live auction, uh, make sure that, uh, you call our office and make sure that you're approved to bid. Uh, you have, you have to actually talk to somebody, uh, before it gets turned on on the backside. So you're allowed to bid. Gotcha. Hey, what if I'm not going to be able to actually physically stay engaged in the conversation? I'm a remote bidder. Do you have people on staff that can handle things like that for them? Yeah, we do. Uh, of course, uh, it's pretty easy when it's equipment, but when we start talking about real estate, it's bigger dollars, it's a bigger game, and you do have to be pre-approved uh, to be able to bid. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, uh, you know, like I said, I was teasing Ashley when he said so many people showed up for the open house. I said I bet they've been talking to their bankers since then, hopefully, because like you mentioned, you want to be ready to go and verified before we get started. So tell me a little bit how these land auctions have been going, Ashley. I mean, when I look at my reports from USDA or our uh, Federal Reserve Bank, boy, farmland, any land has been uh, doing pretty well. Are you seeing the same with your auctions? It is. You know, if we look at all the states up here in the upper Midwest and the Corn Belt, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Dakotas, you know, we're talking 10 to 15% gains just in the last year and a half. So uh, it's definitely an up market. Uh, It's definitely an opportunity because there's not a lot of land that is uh, on the market right now. So there's a lot of buyer pent up energy to be purchasing some of these properties and investing in farmland. Ashley Hewn along with us again on a Wednesday morning. Don't forget that sale happening today. So be sure to check out their website, steffesgroup.com, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. And remember, they've got that downloadable app that will keep you connected as well. That's our conversation with Ashley Hewn from the Steffes Group.
Steffes Group is conducting the Buffalo County, Wisconsin Dairy and Land Auction at the Arcadia Country Club. This live on-site auction begins Wednesday, April 20th at 11 a.m. Featuring 1,260 plus acres to be sold in 16 tracks. Tract 1 includes a large modern dairy facility and 92 tillable acres. Go to steffesgroup.com right now for drone photos and complete details on all 16 tracks. See you at the Buffalo County, Wisconsin Dairy and Land Auction closing Wednesday, April 20th. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Are you protecting investments on your farm? BioVet's CAF program has been supporting calf health and growth for more than 30 years. BioVet CAF supplements provide your newborn calves with energy, hydration, and beneficial microbials to support healthy calves. Healthy calves make productive cows. Call BioVet today and learn how an investment in your calf's health returns an investment in your future and your farm's profits. Call 1-800-BIOVET-1. That's 1-800-B-I-O-V-E-T-1. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Hey, I sure hope that you are going to support our 4-H kids across the state of Wisconsin. Starting today, running through April 26th, the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation has their Celebrate Arts online auction. Really unique, customized 4-H jewelry and beautiful artwork. I've got details at Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, or you can go to the 4-H Foundation's website. But get started. Take a look at the Celebrate Arts auction items available starting today, all in support of our Clover Kids across the state, the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. Markets are mixed in overnight trade. December corn's down a penny and three quarters right now, 7.45. November soybeans are down two and a quarter, 15.18. July wheat, that's up a penny and a half at 11.10 and a half right now. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two cents to 2.39 and a half. 40-pound black cheese was down three and three-quarter cents at 2.36. And double-A butter dropped two and a quarter cents to 2.71 and three-quarters per pound. May milk is up a penny. 2439 100 weight but June closed 67 cents lower yesterday at 2458 100 weight The Wisconsin Beef Council's checkoff chat coming your way next This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke Cardinal Glass in Mazomani continues to invest in automation at their facility to the world-class level they feel their employees deserve. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani is now hiring production associates and maintenance. A safe, comfortable, and clean work environment where you can feel proud and you won't go home dirty. Competitive pay, advancement opportunities, medical, dental, vision, profit sharing, and more. When you work at Cardinal Glass, your career is world-class so you can live first-class. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. Home every night, home every weekend, and more than average competitive pay. Driving for Advanced Concrete, you'll be in updated, comfortable, easy-to-maneuver trucks. We're a reputable family-owned business that you can rely on for long-term employment, surrounded by an inviting culture of friendship. CDL drivers, apply at advanced-concreteinc.com. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on Advanced Concrete. 
You want new floors, but you're not sure if you can do it yourself. With Wiseway Flooring designers and technicians, you'll have the knowledge and confidence to complete the job for a fraction of what you might think. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Oconomowoc. See how our helpful hints might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. When they love you enough to tell you you need a breath mint, that's family. At Mad City Moving, we're locally owned and family run. We're not afraid to tell each other the truth and make sure every job is done right. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the family knows best move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It is time again for Checkoff Chats. That's brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars. And dairy farmers, don't forget, that involves you too. Every animal that's sold contributes to the research, education, and promotion of beef. And we're trying to help you understand how some of those dollars are spent in the field, literally. Uh, There have been opportunities prior to the pandemic where the Wisconsin Beef Council, which brings you this program along with Equity Livestock, a proud co-sponsor of Checkoff Chats, takes uh, folks that wouldn't necessarily have contact with production agriculture out to the field uh, and try to help them better understand how beef is produced and how they ultimately get it to use in their professions. Well, today we are happy to be joined by Nicole Weeks. She is the Community Network Dietitian at Hunger Task Force in Milwaukee. Nicole, thanks for taking time to visit with us. I think the very first question that my rural agriculture audience will have is, what in the world does a community network dietitian do at Hunger Task Force, which is basically uh, a food bank for most of the state of Wisconsin? What what are you tasked with? <laughs> sure. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so what I do, my role is SNAP-Ed funded. So SNAP-Ed is the USDA branch of SNAP or food share that provides nutrition education to people who are eligible to receive food share dollars. So I work with our network of food pantries and meal providers to help provide nutrition education to make sure that people have the resources and understanding to utilize the food that they receive and to have healthier lifestyles. Oh, of course. It makes perfect sense. And I bet you've been busy. You know, Nicole and I were chatting before we began this conversation about the pandemic and the uh, stress that the Hunger Task Force was under to try to help provide their original audience and then their expanded audience with food. So are you making these uh, educational contributions on a regular basis? How many people would you estimate that you reach in a week at the Hunger Task Force, Nicole? As far as the food that we hand out or the food that we... uh, The meals, the the information, the education. How many times do you get a chance to influence what somebody is going to eat or what they know about the food they're taking away? Well, for education, we've we've kind of taken a little bit of a spun, of course, during the pandemic, as many of us have had to do. So we've implemented some new um, new things, like we have a nutrition education quarterly newsletter that is distributed to roughly twenty thousand people across the state. 
Um, so that goes into all of the packages that are distributed at our food pantries. Um, it's distributed at our meal providers and in all of our senior stock boxes. And those are distributed throughout the entire state of Wisconsin. So um, that's one way that we've been able to provide some additional reach. Well, and that is a fantastic audience to help them better understand how to use all of the food that the Hunger Task Force provides. Now, Nicole, you had prior experience with the Wisconsin Beef Council uh, through your role as a certified dietitian. Tell them a little bit about those collaborations and what you've watched in previous years, I guess we should say, prior to the pandemic. Sure. So I am a registered dietitian, and I'm a member of the Wisconsin Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And we've had a great relationship with the Wisconsin Beef Council for a very long time. And so even prior to the pandemic, as part of our annual state conference, um, we've had the opportunity to attend farm-to-fork tours. Um, so we get to ride on a bus and go to a handful of different um, operations and get to see what it's like to have a family farm and um, different operations, different sizes. Um, and every year that I've attended, I am just blown away that I learn something new every time. Did you have any prior knowledge about agriculture or farming before these kinds of opportunities presented themselves? Not hands-on, but I did grow up in a rural area, so there were a lot of farms around me, and there was there were some things that I understood about the environment, um, but certainly a little more than a than a city girl. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, but still, but still a lot to learn, and and I think from that perspective, one of the things that's really fun for me when I do these tours is being with people who haven't grown up in those areas. And being able to hear their questions and see the things that they learn as well. Right. Well, you guys are influencers. I mean, people turn to you for guidance on how they can take care of themselves. Let's talk about this year's tour, which fortunately was able to happen, as you said, face-to-face. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you enjoyed about the tour, what you picked up this time around. Sure. Um, one of the coolest things for me, there were there were two new stops this year that were not specifically farms. So that was a, a neat thing for us to be able to get to experience. So we visited, uh, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Meesfield's Triangle Market in Sheboygan. Yep. Um, and so we got to see what some of the processing sides of things would look like. Um, in addition to being able to visit the store, which I'm still snacking on some of the things I bought that day. <laughs> <laughs> And then in addition to the farms that we got to go to, we also got to visit the Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center, Mm -hmm. which I had not been to before. So that was an awesome experience to be able to um, see the different education opportunities that are offered there as well. Now, you know, like I said, you've had uh, face-to-face conversations with farmers on previous tours hosted by the Wisconsin Beef Council. How does that help you, Nicole, in your job as the community network dietitian for the Hunger Task Force? Like you said, you had some exposure uh, as a kid, but then you take on a completely different look at things as the professional dietitian. Tell me a little bit how this has helped to influence or help you better understand things. Um, I think in any role that a dietitian has, um, one of the big challenges that we have with helping our clients is kind of combating the things that the media puts out. Um, There's a lot of misinformation out there and and people 
don't really understand some of the messaging that they hear. So being able to talk to farmers and understand, you know, the role that antibiotics play and what hormones really mean and being able to have honest and real conversations with people to, um, to help abate some of their fears and, and really guide them in the right direction versus um, some of the knowledge that they may think they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I absolutely agree. You're correct. Again, if you're just joining us, this is Nicole Weeks. She's the Community Network Dietitian for the Hunger Task Force. They're in Milwaukee, but the Hunger Task Force literally helps feed people across the state of Wisconsin. So she plays an important role helping people to manage through what they receive, how they prepare it, and their diet. Nicole, talk to me a little bit. Like what you said, you have been on previous tours with the Wisconsin Beef Council. Tell me a little bit about some of the other dietitians that might have been along with you for the very first time. I know what the bus talk is like when you guys do get back on board uh, from one spot to another. Tell me a little bit about how that uh, conversation goes, what you observed about maybe those first-time folks. Um, Well, like any of us, we all come from different walks of life, different experience levels um, in different things and different framework where we get our information from. And so the conversations are always so positive in between farms, Um, just really thought-provoking questions and um, just seeing the, the spark that people have in having these conversations and learning new things. And obviously that turns into, hopefully, influencing how they construct meal plans, how they look at things, because that's that face-to-face, as you said. Uh, There's no influencers there. It's a farmer just telling you their story, correct? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly, exactly. And and really understanding that all of the farmers who are out there are just really doing the best they can to take really great, wonderful care of the animals that they're raising. Right, right. Now, do you ever follow up? Is there ever a time when you're looking at something and saying, gee, I wonder, maybe I should reach out to the Wisconsin Beef Council, Caitlin or or Tammy or one of the staff. Do you ever go back to those resources because you know they're there? I do, absolutely. Um, From the cooking perspective, I've also had the opportunity to attend some of the virtual cooking demonstrations that have taken place over the last several months. Um, And being able to utilize those recipes, share that information with people, um, some of the cuts of meats, being able to help people understand what the different cuts mean and where they come from. Uh, And the Beef Council has great information to help with that. Well, we appreciate you taking time, that's for sure. She's a busy gal, Nicole Weeks, Community Mm -hmm. Network Dietitian. She's with the Hunger Task Force out of Milwaukee, just sharing what she has enjoyed about the recent uh, Farm to Fork tour that took place over in the Sheboygan County area, hosted in part with your beef checkoff dollars. Remember, you can find out more and see probably some of the pictures from that event. Go to beeftips.com or Wisconsin Beef Council on the social media. And, of course, remember, checkoff chats in partnership with our friends at Equity Cooperative Livestock, a proud sponsor of these works. You can visit equitycoop.com for all your livestock marketing needs. Again, like we said, another example of checkoff dollars